that summer of morning to you, Sakina, and to the rest of the AM Live listeners. Listen, Sakina, that tracksuit that Katsu was wearing, <laughs> oh, but who? What is this 361? Ah, uh, no, Sakina. Ah, What's wrong with the tracksuits? No, we'll talk about those tracksuits on the forum at 8. Janet is coming to talk to us. I'm sure she will tell us why, where. Some people love those tracksuits, so don't knock it. Excuse me? Yes. It looks like it's 1984. Okay. I'm just saying some people love those tracksuits. But all the same, Asian shares, uh, they've slipped this morning. Take us through that. Yeah, well, we had a very, very tough pullback for the Asian markets, but it, unfortunately, we saw some of the uh, actual markets in the United States uh, picking up some momentum and that sort of pulled back uh, some of the emerging markets. Obviously, that falls under the Asian markets stream as well. If you look at the Pacific Asian markets as well, very much under pressure. We saw their currencies being hit hard as well, including South Africa, by the way, here locally. And we saw that with the RAND slightly uh, steaming off uh, following some uh, strong performance by the dollar uh, over the weekend. You can see that we're sitting at currently at 13 rand 57 to the U.S. dollar, and that's obviously because of that. So if you look at what happened in the Asian markets, uh, the MSCI Asia, the broadest index of uh, Asia Pacific has, um, if you exclude Japan, obviously that was down by 0.2%. You saw the Nikkei rise slightly up by 0.3% earlier on. Uh, the dollar index as well, which uh, tracks the uh, dollar against a basket of six major rivals. Uh, we're talking here about the euro, the pound, and uh, those are included in that, um, including the rupee. Uh, that was also up by 0.2%. And that's what probably is the reason behind the sluggish uh, performance of the Asian markets this morning. It's because of the fact that, obviously, when the dollar does do well, the dollar-earning companies do relatively stronger, and they pull back over the uh, emerging so that's what we saw earlier on uh, this morning, Sakina. Clive, uh, pharmaceutical company Pfizer Inc., um, they're in a deal to acquire cancer drug company uh, Medivation for close to $14 billion. Yeah, Sakina, this is a serious drug deal. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see where, you, see where your mind is at. I'm thinking, yeah, kosher, you know, yeah. drugs legally done. What's wrong with you? Yeah. It is legal drugs. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Sakina, what this uh, Pfizer is trying to do here is trying to advance in terms of medical science. We know that a lot of companies that have been have been doing research around cancer have been funding a uh, lot of funding lists recently because obviously that is the technology that they use is so advanced and gives actually cancer uh, 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 survivors a bit longer uh, to live on. So what is happening is the drug that has been produced now uh, have a much longer. Uh, can I say, longevity onto them and gives a bit more options for people to live much longer, even if they have contracted uh, the life of cancer, a disease that has actually is very, very uh, serious, as we all know. So um, what Pfizer is doing is thinking ahead, is thinking about this particular company, Medivation, which has been doing a lot of research in terms of cancer and how to take the drugs on and what drugs need to be applied there. So they're very much involved in a lot of research, have invested a lot of billions into that. So it's no surprise the value that they come with at $14 billion uh, that uh, Pfizer would still be interested in them because they know they can make a lot more money if this research continues and they advance in the way they treat cancer. And obviously, this is a long-term goal. I'm hoping that at some point, we'll have a situation where it's absolutely cured and we don't need these drugs people to make sure that we, are, we have these drug deals happening. And of course, uh, you were talking about tracksuits. Don't talk about them anymore. What's next for Brazil <laughs> after the Rio Olympics? 
So, you know, what is next for, the Rio, for Brazil after this? I mean, people have said that Brazil asserted the gains better than expected. However, where they were frustrated by the financial impact that it could have on the economy. A block of the marathon finish line Sunday. A Brazilian street artist who had sprayed a little funny thing with the table turned upside down. A dinner table turned upside down. And there were people looking at each other and they were saying, well, who's going to pay for the bill? And that's a real question, isn't it? Who's going to uh-huh. be paying for this bill? And uh, I think this is going to be a true test economically of how um, as, uh, as this particular investment will bear out in the end. Will they benefit at the end of it? And the answer to that is we really don't know. We can only hope that after the numbers have been made. But now reality goes on. Somebody put it on a headline. It says, uh, Rio suffering from an Olympic hangover. Uh, I'm sure you would know what that means. But <laughs> this is very, very difficult no time. <laughs> <laughs> So let's hope let's hope Rio was was worth it. But if it wasn't, a lot of people are going to be upset. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because if you think about it, uh, the games went off without a hitch, and um, we had the protests before, and that was yeah. before they hosted the World Cup as well. But uh, yeah. I guess the, there's just something about sport. You know, people get into the spirit of things, uh, and yeah. everything is well. And once the visitors leave, it's back to reality. Absolutely, Sakina. The only thing that we will not miss is the green water that we had to dive into. <laughs> Goodbye, Clive. And that was our market analyst, Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela.